Do you spend hours in your head thinking about something that happened, could have happened, or might happen? Do you ask others what to do so you don't make a mistake? Welcome to the Playing It Safe podcast. I am Dr. Z, your host. I am a clinical psychologist, an author, and a person that is super passionate about sharing with you science-based skills to overcome any type of fear-based struggles. Who doesn't experience fear? Who doesn't play it safe? In this show, we will discuss how fear-based reactions happen in day-to-day life, how playing it safe behaviors look like, sound like, and feel like, how you can put into action solid tips from behavioral science to get unstuck from worries, fears, obsessions, and anxieties, and how you can start doing what works, what matters, and what you care about. Behavioral science doesn't have to be boring. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Have you ever felt that your life has been taken over by work? Have you ever felt that you couldn't be longer present to the people you love? And have you ever played it safe by doing more and more and working harder and harder despite what you were feeling? In this episode, I chat with Espre Devora. She has been featured in Inc. Magazine as one of the top 30 women in tech, and she's also known as the girl who gets it done. Espre uses technology and digital content to thoughtfully connect people in the tech industry and move them from online connections to meaningful offline relationships. She shares how she prevents burnout. She also discusses how she's constantly managing all different areas of her life without sacrificing one for the other. I truly hope you find this episode helpful and I want to encourage you to send me an email with your questions, comments, or any reactions you had to it. You can go to the website www.thisisdrz.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Bye-bye. I think that when we are busy and doing all types of fun things and meaningful things, of course, we get stressed. So it's a beautiful thing to ground ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Right? Like, and, and it's what, hard. And it's really, really hard. What are the things that you have found that is helpful to ground yourself, to bring yourself back to the present? Yeah, I think, I think one of the first things like all of us um, should be doing, and I definitely need to do this more, is not compare ourselves to anybody else. Mm-hmm. I think we think that every, well, okay, I'm just going to speak for me. Sometimes it seems like everyone else has it all together. Or I hear a sound bite of someone giving a talk, and then I think that, that that's their truth indefinitely. But mm-hmm. you're only capturing me. I'm only capturing you right now in this exact moment with whatever's going on in this moment and whatever energy we're showing up into this moment. But like the second I like clock off of this well i have another interview but let's say i didn't have another Mm -hmm. interview like i would maybe like go curl up into bed because i'm so exhausted or something you know i Mm -hmm. think i think it's important to um not compare myself to others snapshots which we hear a lot about social media so how do i ground myself it's having uh giving myself permission to first like really be honest with how my body feels like Mm -hmm. instead of rushing, 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 I got to, I got to, I got to hustle, hustle, get this done, get this done. It's like, 
have I done a check-in physically on how I feel? How's my neck feel? How's my back feel? How do my legs feel? How do my feet feel? How, how, how's, how's my breathing? Have I truly taken a deep breath and pause today? Did I make mm-hmm. my bed? Like, am I taking care of myself? Am I completely sacrificing myself without even thinking about it? So for me, the grounding experience is a level of giving myself permission to do a self-audit. I love the idea. And how often do you do this self-audit? Yeah, I mean, as as often as possible, and I don't do them enough. Like, as often as possible, meaning that I get so caught up in the busyness and the hustle and the drive and the ambition that I am not conscious. I'm just Mm -hmm. going, going, going. So the first step is becoming like kind of like forcefully deciding to like just stop and become conscious. It's almost just like this pattern interrupt. And then it's like once I become conscious, it's like, all right, what's going on? And then I ask myself, like, what's going on? How's it? Like, when I went to bed last night, or I, I was running errand, I've been taking care of a family member. And so, like, um, everything's been a lot more intense for me. So, I was doing an errand for them. And then I was preparing for a talk that I was giving this morning. And I, the, the left side, so a few years ago, I couldn't walk for five months. And it took me, well, wow. I didn't know it would take five months to heal. I, I didn't know I'm what sorry. was going on. No, it was like the most amazing learning opportunity that I hope to never have again. So uh, when I was able to, I should say I wasn't able to walk without excruciating pain. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on. I had gut feelings, but um, I'm very thankful that in, in five months I was healed. Last last night, I was feeling that side of my body start to have severe pain. And I'm like, what <laughs> is going on? I haven't felt this since years ago. I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right, body, what do you need? What do you need, body? And like, you know, and, and I, I was just like, <laughs> I promise I'll stop working hard. Just don't put me back where I was, you know, like. And so last night I, I just took a moment to like grab out my massage gun and like work through my muscle, um, like use some like uh, muscle, like just like just took a moment to like love myself. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like going, 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 going. I hadn't even brushed my teeth. And then I put on this um this thing I have that I put around my waist and I even have it on right now. Like it's just mm-hmm. kind of like. Just like my body's got to be okay, you know, Mm -hmm. and if I'm not looking out for my body, then everything else is going to go awry. And I haven't been looking out for my body lately because I've been taking care of my family member and all the like that's really heavy uh, responsibility. So that on top of everything else, it's just like all of a sudden feels like there. What do you mean time for me? That's not even an Mm -hmm. option. But it has to be an option. Like it can never not be an option because when it becomes not an option, that's when we're in like red alert area and where my body and the universe are going to come down and make me not walk for five months. How did you learn that it's ultra, super, duper important to pay attention to your body and check what your body needs in order to keep doing what you're doing? Because in the information era, we all are juggling so many things up and down, left and right, that it's hard to step back. So how did you learn that? 
not walking for five months. Like okay. I, like when I couldn't, when I started to get the pain, I got bronchitis, which I'd never had before and mm. severe pain in my back on the same day. And immediately I knew I wasn't making space in my life. I mm -hmm. felt it was symbolic space. I felt if I could just bring space into my back, space into my lungs, space into my communication, space into my environment, if I created space, I would in end be okay. So mm -hmm. I just went bananas every day about proactively creating space. Like, and it gave, it was such a filter because my team, people on my team, it's like, I got to see who like stepped up to like support me and mm -hmm. who wasn't so who was taking space versus helping me create space from my team to my friends to you know the people around me to my environment just space 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 and so mm -hmm. that's where it became just really clear how crucial that was and what ended up healing me was alexander technique Mm -hmm. And Alexander mm -hmm. Technique is a way to elongate your body. Like if I did it, I haven't even done it in a while. I should see, I should be doing it right now. What do I do? It? It's like we use so much resistance in our bodies to like hold our shoulders, to hold our back, to hold our legs. But our bodies were built to be effortless. Our bodies mm -hmm. were built mechanically, like incredible. And then we created all these bad habits to create so much extra work to hold up our bodies. So Alexander Technique teaches us how to get back to our roots, like let go of the extra mm -hmm. and just let mm -hmm. our body like take care of itself, even how we mm -hmm. walk, how we step. We put so much e extra energy into how we step. It's like, move the foot forward, move the foot forward. But really like your knee is supposed to be guiding you. That's like the mechanically, the way to do it. Your knee guides you forward. And then if you feel, if you lead with your knee now versus kick out your foot first, you'll feel a difference in your hip. And so Alexander Technique just elongated me, created space. Mm -hmm. I find that so powerful to pay attention to how our body is doing on a regular basis. I am not familiar with Alexander Technique, but I practice yoga for the last 17 yeah. years, I will say. And it has been incredibly powerful and helpful. Yeah. If we start noticing really where is my body tensing, where is the stretch localized? Is there any area of my body that is hurting right now? And we respond to those needs. I think yeah. it could be better for everyone. Now, I know you have such a big heart and you're so kind <laughs> you're so and sweet. generous. You are. Yeah, that's the experience <laughs> I have of you since I met you <laughs> three years ago. How do you handle being an overachiever and a person that deeply cares for the people around you yeah. without burning yourself out? How do you manage yeah. that? I know I burn myself out often and it's a problem. And so I'm currently in like my intention for this month is how do I make everything effortless? Where am I over delivering mm -hmm. where it's just completely not even like necessary to over deliver? And I don't mean necessary in a way where no one's expecting of it of me because I, I care to over deliver, but meaning it's not even making that much of an impact. Like I'm exerting so much extra energy to over deliver, but am I over delivering for myself or am I mm -hmm. over delivering for the recipient? Because if I'm over delivering for myself, 
so I could feel like I'm a good person and then I'm burning mm-hmm. out over this over delivery that's not even much of a help to my audience, then what's mm-hmm. like, why am I doing that? So I'm mm-hmm. consistently um, asking myself, there's this, this this awesome person named Kay who he has a program um, called called 10k it's about rad reads is i think it's radreads.co it's about doing 10k work oh that's right that's right so i was asking about how do you make things effortless how do you make things effortless how do you make things effortless and so that's what i'm always asking myself too is like how do how do i make um whenever i'm feeling burnt out which lately has been pretty often it's very people who have uh partners and children and also have to take first of all having a partner and children is a lot and then having a partner and children and taking care of a family member i can't even imagine because like me looking out for my family member and running my own life and i don't have a partner and children like Mm -hmm. it's so much so i'm burning out a lot lately because Mm -hmm. i it's just a lot you know and so i'm like how how do i Whoever I am today, however I'm showing up and however I'm living, I created it. My own actions are creating my reality. Mm -hmm. So what do I need to change in a framework shift or in my actions so that there is space for me so that I don't burn out? Because that I feel that there is no other option than to burn out in order to be there for the people I care about is uh, a story that I am telling myself. And if you listen to this story, is that when you start overdoing things, perhaps putting other needs above yours all the time across the board? Well, when I think, when I realize it's the story, then I want to do something to change it. But when I'm just in the story, not having any awareness about it, then I'm just doing it. You know, one of the things that we practice and I teach my clients from acceptance and commitment skills is the idea of stepping back and watching your mind as a content generating machine, as an organ that has a life on its own. But sometimes that can be really hard because we are thinking beings and we are socialized to respond to every single thought we have. How do you wrestle with that? Because our mind has a life on its own. We have over 7,000 types of thoughts a day, hypothesis, dreams, memory. Yeah. How do you step back and say, okay, is this a story that am I having this story or is the story having me right now? Um, I mean, my body, like mm-hmm. my body gives me indicators. So it just always goes back to my body and how I feel. So it was a really red alarm yesterday when the left side of my body was in pain when I hadn't had that in years and going all the way down, you know, to my foot and like, I just freaked out. I'm like, mm-hmm. and it was just this wake up call. Like, no, stop. Just figure it out. Like, make time for you. And so I, I it's kind of like universe. No, I got it. Got it. Got it. I'm going to make time. And then I woke up this morning. I felt better. And I really think it's because the universe was like, all right, that was your warning. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. It is too. Sometimes it feels like that. There's all these signals coming to us that we have to slow down. Yeah. If I can ask a little bit more, one of the things that I noticed in the creative community is this comparison thoughts. I am not doing as much as the other person. I am less than. 
yeah. my work or my video, my podcast is not that good as. So how do you handle those thoughts? It's a check-in to what does success mean to me privately? And mm -hmm. to me, success means inner ease. And so doing a check-in, because I feel like there's two different levels of success. There's the outward success that we get caught up in, that we feel like we have to look successful. And then there's actually being successful. Mm -hmm. And to be successful is very private. And that's, am I living in a state of inner ease more often than not? So mm -hmm. I may be appearing successful, but then maybe I don't have inner ease where, so am I actually successful? There's so many, you know, quote unquote, societally per perceived successful people. And, um, they're not happy behind closed doors or they haven't lived or so it's like here we are comparing ourselves to someone who feels miserable um mm -hmm. so i just think that the best like alexandra cooper this this famous podcaster she has a podcast called call her daddy she was just interviewed in the new york times and oh. they asked who is your competition and she said me mm -hmm. i think that's great and i used to think that when i was more athletic i want to get back into post-pandemic athleticism. But when I was more <laughs> athletic, I was like, I'm competing against myself. I'm competing against myself. And I think that's what it is. And maybe competition in this regard is too strong or aggressive of a word, but it's just mm -hmm. like, look to yourself. Are, are you feeling in your body how you want to feel? Are you experiencing the world the way you want to experience it? Are you doing with your time what you want to be doing with your time? Are you saying yes to what you authentically want to be saying yes to and saying no to what you authentically want to be saying no to? If these things aren't happening, there's so much opportunity to like start to shift things around because no, much, no matter how much money we make, no matter how much vanity we have beyond the, our needs of like food and housing stability, they, then it's just like a competition of ego and like to look a certain way. But mm -hmm. really, the true assessment is your being, not how you're perceived. So if I were next to you right now, let's say that we are having coffee. And while you and I were chatting, you say, oh, my gosh, I'm not doing a good enough job with my podcast. Yeah. How would you coach yourself? How will you coach yourself to have this larger frame and to not give into this comparison trap? Yeah, well, I do feel like I'm not doing good enough on my podcast. I constantly strive to be better. Um, but what good enough means to me is I want to have processes designed for absolutely everything. And I want to have everything really organized. And so I would just tell myself to take little micro actions each day, baby steps. Like it's really about the micro actions create a big result. I remember when um, I was looking in, I box sometimes, but a, a long time ago I was looking into boxing and I remember I had this trainer and he was really dope. And he, uh, he said, just do it. I was like, oh man. And I was like really flaky. He's like, five years are going to go by like nothing or something like that. I remember he said that. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't think much of it, but he was right. Like years later, it went by like nothing. So if I just took little micro, like one walk a day, like a little bit of every day, it actually becomes something really awesome. But if I mm -hmm. am like, ah, flailing everything and then you don't take any, anything consistent every regularly, which James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits, like, um, like nothing develops. So the advice I'd give myself is 
work on your processes for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, and that's it. Don't try to finish mm -hmm. it all in one day. But I'm human, mm -hmm. so I do try to finish it all in one day. So we're just talking about the <laughs> advice I'd give myself. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think you deeply care about what you do. So of course you want to give your best into yeah. anything you do. And it's hard if we don't give ourselves permission to do the good enough or yeah. to pause and to let things go. Yeah. Let me switch gears a little bit. I am curious. Do you have a morning routine? How do you set the intention for your day? Is that something you yeah. practice? Yeah, I mean, I go through phases mm -hmm. with morning routines and night routines. I'm just, again, taking care of a family member has like really put, pushed me beyond capacity. So I currently do not have a morning routine or an, I don't have any routine. I have a survive routine. <clears throat> and... um it's hard. And that's why this is the time where, you know, finding the way to take care of myself while taking care of others is so important. So no, right now I don't. But typically, if I'm in a better space in my life, mm -hmm. like I'll wake up, I, I'm an early riser, I like morning. So I'll wake up somewhere between five and seven. And like, I'll go work out and I'll meditate and I'll drink my my uh, what do I drink every dose mushroom. Tea, uh, mushroom tea and I drink my athletic greens veggie shake and I take my vitamin D from athletic greens. I love athletic greens and they go by AG now. Cool. And then, um, yeah, and that's pretty much. And then, yeah, so fitness, meditation, uh, a veggie shake, the vitamin D vitamin for immunity and, um, and, uh, the mushroom tea and just kind of start that way. Make my bed. Yeah. Love it. Love it. But as life happens, sometimes life brings to us stuff that is out of our control. Mm -hmm. Like a person in your family that requires your care. If I can ask a little bit yeah. about that, um, how are you dealing with the stress that comes with showing up to someone that we love and taking care of them, yeah. knowing that it's what we want to do, but it's also stressful, right? Our love and the stress can coexist together. Yeah, for a while I was I was handling it like really well because I was coming from a place of gratitude, like I get mm -hmm. to take care of them, like I feel lucky that they're here and I get to take care of them. Um and then and then there were spots where it just got like why is it just on me to take care of them? Like mm -hmm. I think the biggest resource I have right now in regards to that, and this is going to sound so funny, but I use a service called Sheltful. It's S mm -hmm. at the beginning of helpful. So Sheltful. I love Sheltful. Um, Sheltful is like a, a project manager via SMS. It's kind of like my oh, daily wow. life manager. And mm -hmm. um, it's a real person, not a bot. Her okay. name is Mar Marcy. And Marcy's <clears throat> job with Sheltful is just to keep me on track. And so... I vent to Marcy. I just like, mm -hmm. I feel like I have a safe place where I'm not being judged, who is mm -hmm. there to help me get things done. It's like her job with Shelfful. So she's not an assistant. She's just like a, a, a life project. Yeah. Like I got to do the work, but I just vent to Marcy. I'm just like, sure. 
Marcia, I can't handle it. Marcia, I feel angry. Marcia, I'm so tired. And I feel like just that I have a safe place where I can be vulnerable, where I can let go being perfect, where Mm -hmm. I could just be an utter mess and I'm not going to be perceived as an utter mess. Mm -hmm. That helps. And then I Mm -hmm. pick myself and I go do the thing and get the stuff done and write the presentation and wake up early. But like in between, like when I needed to fall apart, I just like fell apart to Marcy. And the difference in falling apart to, to my shelper versus a friend or something is there's this kind of, um, what's it called? Reprocosity, like this, like Mm -hmm. transactional thing sometimes in a friendship. Like if someone does something for you, then you may feel like you need to do something to give back. Or are you taking space from your friend when they have life responsibilities, whether it's their husband or their children or their working or whatever they want to be left alone i high i paid for shelpful for i have Mm -hmm. a membership i don't have to feel i mean i have felt guilty and i've asked her but it she's literally like just i signed up for a service and she's providing me a service so Mm -hmm. i don't i don't need to have this extra weight of like i'm sharing but now i'm putting it on someone that i care about and da 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 it's just a very um, – there's no baggage to my venting. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the difference between shelf-full and a therapist or a coach? And well, why shelf-full and not a shrink? <laughs> well, a shrink's not a life manager. And That's I true. also – I am in therapy. I go once a week. But Marcy's like Monday through Friday on text all day. Ah. Um, and she's not right. a therapist. However, she happens to be a life coach, but that's a coincidence. Um, Mm -hmm. But her job is to help me reach my goals. Like my therapist's job is to help me better understand myself. And um, I suppose Marcy's job, you know, helps me better understand myself. But it's just different. Like it's just a different type of conversation. It's a different payment system. Mm-hmm. I, I paid for an annual membership for Shelfful and I have Monday through Friday, I have on-demand text messaging to get goals done. Mm-hmm. I pay for my therapist for four sessions a month and mm-hmm. I go in for one hour once a week and I talk and we work through some stuff. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's like a it's different, different ecosystem. Yeah. It's different. I get it. I think what I love the most is that you have created a space for you in which you can really make room for all the thoughts and emotions that come your way, whether it's about taking care of someone you love or about whatever is going on in life. And I think that this is important because sometimes we judge ourselves when having a thought that we don't like. Yeah. Right? Sometimes we judge ourselves because we feel jealous or because we feel envy, right? Or we feel nerdy. Or we feel nerdy. Yes, like I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. (laughs) I feel socially awkward a lot. Yeah. How come? Can you tell me a little bit more about it? I'm an introvert and I I feel social insecurities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel very I dorky. I mean, if you wanted to get like into it, it's probably because when I was in elementary school, I got picked on and stuff, but you know. I didn't know that. So how do you dance between being an introverted and doing all the extroverted and outgoing yeah. things that you do? 
It's really tough. Um, it's become more tough. I definitely feel like I was potentially like more extroverted in high school and stuff, but I really love being introverted. Mm -hmm. Um, it's tough. I just, I, I like crash a lot and I need a better routine for when I crash, but like, I just crash a lot. Like I, I exert a lot of energy and then I go watch a lot of YouTube, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> no. yeah, I just crash a lot. No, I hear you. Like you, I see myself as a social introverted. I come across as this social butterfly, but actually I'm a shy person. So I get it. Do people get surprised when you tell them that you're more an introverted person? Yeah, they don't believe me. But um, I think the biggest test because, okay, so before the pandemic, it was if you're introverted, you gain energy by being alone. If you're, if you're extroverted, you gain energy by being around people. I think the biggest test and people are like, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 pandemic. Hmm. If the pan, if staying at home during the pandemic was the worst torture for you, you're an extrovert. If you were like, I'm chill, like it's crazy what's going on in the world, but the being alone part isn't bothering me, you're an introvert. <laughs> like, and I wasn't bothered, but like, I'm like, I can stay indefinitely. I'm really uncomfortable with what's going on in the world, but like being at a home, like alone, like fine. I see. It is true. I think it was very clear to see who needed to have the social crowd around and who were okay without that. Yeah. <laughs> Today, if you find yourself having an envy thought, I want to have what that person has or why, it's natural, right? It's natural. Yeah. Or we have yeah. thoughts like, why me? Why I have to be the one doing this hard work? How do you coach yourself to handle those thoughts? Yeah. So Marcy had the suggestion, speaking of Marcy. Speaking of Marcy, famous Marcy. <laughs> Marcy had me make like a negative thought trash can. So whenever oh. I have a negative thought, you throw it in the trash can. And uh, it just feels like you're taking it out of your brain. You're putting it there and you're throwing it away. I love the idea, physicalizing them. One of the things that sometimes happens is is that we judge ourselves in having one of these negative thoughts. But that thought, whether it's positive or negative, it's just letters and words put together. It's interesting because the more energy we give negative thoughts and negative thinking and all this stuff, the more mm -hmm. energy we take away from doing great, abundant, like diving in, into the opportunity available. So I could either say this world is restrictive and no, has no opportunity. And then I will probably mm -hmm. find that this world is restrictive and has no opportunity. Or mm -hmm. I can say there is so much opportunity in this world. I am attracting it like a magnet and just mm -hmm. live that perspective. And then I will find things like this recent thing that I found the first, I, I recently discovered, I don't know if you're a part of it, um, the LinkedIn creator program. And I'm like, first of all, I already felt left out. I was like, wait, I didn't even know they had a program. I wasn't paying attention. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wait, I wasn't in it. Oh my gosh. Like, why am I missing out? Why am I behind? I'm like, yo, hold on. <laughs> I love How it. about all opportunities are coming to you in the perfect time that they're meant for you. And how about every day the universe is creating new opportunities for you? Mm-hmm. How about we be there and breathe a little more rather than like, oh my God, I'm behind. You know, I love it. I yeah. love. It. I love when you say, "Yo, hold on." <laughs> <laughs>
scenario, I think there is something about how we relate to our thoughts. For me, the biggest thing is when a negative thought pops up about things that we want to have, things that we don't have, or something that is wrong with us. It's about making room for the thought and then choosing, do I want to give attention to this thought? Do I want to respond to this thought? Yeah. Or do I want to go back to do what is really important in my life? Because many yeah. of our thoughts are going to be like soundtracks in the background, right? Totally, soundtracks in totally. the background. Dear Esper, I have one last question for you. If you were to have a cup of coffee or tea or one of these delicious mushroom teas that you like to have, um, who will that be with and why? Oh, um, oh, I know. Mm. I mean, this relates to, I'm really inspired by the guys who created Yes Theory, mm-hmm. the YouTube channel. They do a lot of social good. They're just like amazing creators. I would want to have mushroom tea with any of them. Lovely, lovely. You introduced me to the Yes Theory guys, actually. (laughs) That would be a fun conversation. They're amazing. For example, what I really appreciate about them is they take their fandom and they use it to rally change in a very significant way. So in you know the war going on in the ukraine like they utilize their fan base to raise money and to feed everybody that had been displaced like when you utilize your fan base to create collective change and social impact rather than for ego thought leadership and all this other kind of weird stuff um that's just that's i think what it truly means to be a content creator i hear what you're saying it makes a difference to do things beyond ourselves well, I will cross my fingers. You have a chance to have a mushroom tea with them. Me too. Me <laughs> too. It will be a special. Dear Esper, thank you so much for chatting with me and your openness. Please know that not only I'm a big fan of you, but you are one of those people that truly inspire me. So thank oh, you for thank making you. you are, you are. And I believe that you're making the world a much better place. So thank, thank you for you. everything you do. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you again. I absolutely And remember your grateful. intuition is your oracle. It's the most important. Your intuition is your oracle. You know, I'm going to keep that with me all day because it's a time in which we need that. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Many abracitos and talk soon. Bye. Besos. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, I will very much appreciate it if you will subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. And if you're feeling extra generous, I welcome a review on Apple Podcasts. Show notes of this episode are in the website playingitsafe.com. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter so you can receive more tips to stop all types of unworkable playing it safe actions. See you soon!